0: Welcome back, everyone. A quick sit rep before the episode begins. This isn't an ad, so please don't skip past it. In this story, we will be dealing with some pretty heavy shit to include, but not limited to death, dismemberment, suicide, post-traumatic stress disorder, and alcoholism. If any of these are a trigger for you, please consider whether or not you want to charge forward. If you need help, don't hesitate to reach out. Together, we are the strongest. Thanks to Bill Corcoran of On The Sacks Podcast for helping me conquer this tough introduction and his work advocating for vets. In a world filled with incredibly remarkable human beings, it's my mission to shine light on some of the stories and lessons that we accrue during our time here. My goal is to fill you with the same hope and inspiration I've found in some of my friends along the way. What I've also found is sometimes inspiration doesn't always slap you in the face. Sometimes an immense bond or a chance situation will reveal the greatest of all inspirations. However you receive your message, hearing another's perspective on life's challenges and triumphs will help you to put some of your own anguish and concerns at ease we will learn together that there is far more that unites us than the objects that tear us apart. We are going to simplify our lives as we grow together on this mission of finding more hope in our everyday life. So, sit back and relax. I want you to enjoy the ride. Kenny Leach, my brother, what is up, dude? Welcome to the world with Nate. I'm so happy you're here.
1: Thanks. I'm glad to be here.
0: Heck yeah. And where are you coming from?
1: Right now I'm in Maryland, D.C. area.
0: Okay. Well, I have never been to Maryland, so that is definitely, as you know, it is on my bucket list to make it out there. Maryland is not where we met. We met at Hill Air Force Base when you got there. Prior to getting to Hill, where'd you come from, Kenny?
1: Uh... When I joined the military, uh, my first duty station was California and then uh, went up to Alaska for three years and then finally made it down the hill.
0: Where at in California?
1: Uh, stationed at Travis there in uh, between Sacramento and San Francisco.
0: What did you think of it there?
1: <laughs> uh, well, growing up on the East Coast, it was uh, definitely a... Uh, mind shift moving out to the west coast let's just say they don't do things the way we do it on the east coast
0: okay well you say east coast so my last guess was a city girl from philly so is that what you mean when you say east coast where are you from kenny
1: i'm from pennsylvania but (laughs) i am uh north central pennsylvania out in the country so
0: (laughs) okay so not uh, a city slicker
1: no not by any stretch of the means
0: no your favorite pastimes are what kenny
1: uh, hunting, fishing, ATV riding, woodworking, like, and yeah. any sport I can get into as long as it's a, a contact sport.
0: <laughs> as long as it's competitive, right? The most <laughs> yeah. competitive stuff Kenny's in. I Pretty think much. I think that's probably what initially drew me to you was your competitive nature, and the competitive nature in regards to it being no matter what we are doing, it's a race, man. It's competitive. It's we're just you know neck and neck doing whatever so you mentioned that you went to alaska was that by choice or was that the air force you joined the united states air force was that the air force's dream for kenny or did you have something to do with that uh
1: i think it was a little bit of both actually so i got to my first duty station in january of 04 Um, by march of 04 i had already gotten my orders to go to Alaska so you hadn't
0: um, you hadn't been in California for even a year before you were already notified hey you got to move
1: right but I, I've always wanted to go to Alaska um, it was on my dream sheet so okay I was young and stupid maybe but <laughs> I, I counted as a you know a good thing that I went to Alaska but I didn't know you know when you get to your first duty station update your dream sheet and was right. still on there from we're still on there from you know basic or tech school wherever we did it from mm-hmm. and the air force is like hey he wants to go to alaska let's move him
0: yeah so, so to give people a little bit of boat. insight when you join the military the air force gives you the option to fill out a dream sheet and that dream sheet has places where you individually would like to go now the air force chooses assignments based on what's best case scenario for the air force right right yeah. kenny so yeah. kenny is actually master sergeant uh, of the United States Air Force, Leech. So he knows a little bit more now about the uh, the ins and the outs of why people get orders and all of that. But back then, <laughs> you were just excited to go to Alaska, right?
1: Heck yeah. Got me out of California, ASAP. <laughs>
0: yeah. And you were how old at this point in time? What would your family look like? Uh,
1: let's see. Uh, I came in uh, in 03, so that made me about 23, just okay. before my so, 24th birthday.
0: So that's even a little bit older than 18 or 19. And I've spoke with some guests who came in a little bit later in life and they spoke about some of those hardships through basic and you being an adult and some of the kids not being as uh, mature, you know, and some Mm -hmm. of those things. And I'm sure you can attest to all of those. So when you when you got in, you know, you went right to California, then boom, orders to Alaska, and You said you spent how long there?
1: Three years. Three years. I just stayed longer, but uh, my wife decided it was time to go.
0: Yeah. She
1: wanted to get closer to home.
0: Okay. Yeah, Alaska. That's how far from the c- continental U.S.
1: I don't know how far it is from the continental U.S., but I remember. Well, the you plane drove I, it, I, didn't you? Uh, well, it took me. I could have made it eight days, but we took an extra stop uh, in Edmonton to go visit the huge mall there because okay. that's what Allison likes to do—shop. Okay. Um, and so Allison, Allison is who? Allison's my wife. Okay. So if you're but referring it to took her, that, it took too, us that. nine days to drive from uh, Alaska down to Hill. Uh, Air Force Base
0: in In Utah. Utah, right? So that is another crazy part about the military, right? When we move, you have the option either to have the moving company do it or you can do some of it yourself and you and your family chose to do a little bit of yourself and see the country, the entirety of Canada, right?
1: Well, I wouldn't say the entirety, but yeah, a uh, lot. Yeah, the West Coast of Canada. The West. Yep, absolutely. So it's you beautiful. guys
0: took that. It's is it a highway? Do you remember what it's called? Isn't yep, that a Alaska ma- Highway? Okay, so that's a major highway that gets you up well, there.
1: Yeah, Alaska. That's got two major highways. One goes north and south. One goes east and west.
0: Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Being from the U.S., you know, I only have one experience in Alaska, and that was Arctic Cool School. So I can't really speak to anything other than that. And it was cold as hell, you know. Yep. I yeah. did
1: that as well. Negative uh, forty three is what I survived. Do you remember what yours was?
0: Negative sixty two at night. Yeah,
1: nice. it was.
0: But I was in. It was like January or something that I went, Kenny. Was I went it? in
1: February, so oh, we were even, coming yeah. out of the winter. Yeah,
0: yeah. So cool school. Um, our job. We were both in the same job. That is how we got to know each other so well but our job is aircrew flight equipment these days. We both came in life support. Holler at life support who's listening to this. Um, (laughs) We both came in life support and uh, our job deals with um, survival equipment stuff. So those items we got trained on and we were sent to these schools to learn how to use the items we were working with, right? Yep. And Cool School takes place in Alaska. And you learn all the things of Alaska and you get to spend the night out in the uh, wilderness. Right. Kenny.
1: Yeah. And your little a-frame hut buried in snow.
0: Yeah. Is yeah. that stuff that I'll never forget? Well, how do you feel about that?
1: I loved it. Uh, i unfortunately they don't give us those opportunities anymore. Uh, cool school land, survival resistance training. They don't give us that, that opportunity anymore.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. Budget or what?
1: uh i have budget uh manning constraints yeah you know air crew take the priority to train right. uh, wow and all that stuff so
0: that's unfortunate to hear because that is a highlight of my entire career in the military you know
1: i agree i think it would be it's a great opportunity to for our younger airmen to actually get hands-on with the equipment and go out in the field play with it and you know i mean vector in a helicopter from the top of a mountain and all that kind of stuff like they're not going to get that experience anywhere else. Right. They're just doing their JOB. Right. At their base, you know?
0: Right. Yeah. It gives them an opportunity to see that big picture, right? Because mm-hmm. when we're forced punching the clock nine to five doing the job, it can get strenuous, right?
1: It gets strenuous and get monotonous, and, you know, airmen get complacent.
0: Right. Let's talk about uh, monotonous and, and complacency. So you came to Hill Air Force Base after um, your time in Alaska. And that is where the story for us begins. Mm -hmm. Um, I was a young (laughs) knucklehead back then at Hill Air Force Base. And you were coming there as someone who was a seasoned airman getting ready to put on staff sergeant. You, you had already done the NCO induction and you were just waiting for your line number to staff sergeant. And the first things I remember about you were, um, you didn't stop the second that I met you until forever. Work, 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 work. If you're at work, we're working. We're getting shit done. And I I just fell in love with the type of person that you were and that hard work and uh, work hard, play hard. Right, Kenny? That is like your life's motto.
1: I think if you you actually go back and look at it and, and the way that we met is when I first got to Hill, I was the only one with you know, uh, seat kit experience. So they threw yeah. me over into the fab shop. Right. Yep.
0: Yeah. And when then, we had just merged. So the career fields had right. come together and no yep. one knew the piece that you had because you were coming from somewhere else.
1: Right. right. But then we had uh, we had the one, the one squadron going out on deployment, one coming back. And it was like you and two other people with no NCOs. And they were like, you know how to cut visors, and I was like, "Yep." And they're like, right. "All right, we're going over here, and you're filling this void because we need we, we don't have anybody over there." And that's when we met.
0: Right. So, so the situation. Like yeah, the situation that the Air Force was in, it was desperate. Right, like our squadrons yeah. were going to Iraq. Um, the F-16 was the aircraft that was being used in Iraq as a deterrent for. Terrorism right like people putting down IEDs, and they were doing they were watching and um, doing recon and all sorts of stuff during that time period so our squadron was super heavily taxed right like everyone was being pulled a million different ways and you got there and it's like he knows how to do this and they just put you to work man. Yeah, but uh, you were
1: you were in that stubborn squadron that didn't want to combine with the yeah, other two. Yeah, yeah,
0: the fourth squadron. <laughs> so we were hauling squadron.
1: gear from one shop to the other shop and back to the other shop. It was a real pain.
0: S- shout out to the Fujin. So I still love <laughs> love me some Fujin. So yeah, Hill, and then uh, the other thing that brought us together was intramural sports, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: We had uh, the opportunity to play a bunch of intramural sports together. And we did uh, flag football. And I don't know if you remember this instance, but I threw. I played quarterback. <laughs> and Kenny is uh, quite a bit shorter than me, and Kenny was a receiver. And Kenny ran a in-route about 10 yards out across the field uh, and caught the ball, jumped up to catch the ball, came down, and blew out his ACL. <laughs> so that was one of our shining moments together, right, Ken?
1: Yeah, well... I don't know if it was shiny. I I was uh. I, I'll never forget. At the time, that you didn't
0: know that what had went on though. You were unsure no. of the injury, right?
1: I thought I just twisted my knee, and I, and I, you know, the funny thing about it is it was it was a touchdown pass, right? Yeah, jumped up. <laughs> you, jumped <laughs> you held down. on to it too. My, I held on to it, screwed up my knee, and then I think I was more pissed that Lentz lined up too close to the to the sideline and got us a penalty. Greg Lentz, so good so
0: and Greg had the opportunity to come on that podcast so guests or listeners yeah listeners are familiar with greg lentz and uh his kicking ability uh i didn't share with them his wide receiver ability so we're gonna Uh, we're gonna keep yeah uh,
1: but yeah i didn't know you guys carried me off the field I, i missed about a series and then i came back out and finished the game
0: played long snapper (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, and then come to find out, like a month later, I tore my ACL. So yeah, that was terrible.
0: Yeah, and that kind of stuff as a military member, that stuff kind of affects us more than the general populace, right? Like when you tear your ACL, we're supposed to be physically fit for the job. Yeah, how does that stuff affect you? And you can speak to that nowadays, right?
1: Man, I tell you, I tell you what, like sometimes I feel like. You know, we don't get enough time to rehab. You know, these football yeah. players and stuff tear their ACLs, and they're out for, like, a full year, doing a full year of rehab. I tore my ACL. I got my surgery in November, and I was taking my PT test in April. Yeah. And if you all haven't ever been to Utah, it, that's considered <laughs> high altitude. Yeah. And yeah. when you can't physically run, that was my worst PT time ever. And I, I won't lie. It was, like, 15, freaking 40 or something. It was horrible. Yeah. But my knee was hurt in.
0: Yeah, there was a lot of circum. There are a lot of circumstances that played to that, right? Yeah, At high the, altitude. That high altitude short no joke, rehab. Yep. Yeah, and so, I can't. I've never had a major injury like that to my legs to deal with that. Well, where where most of that test we take for physical fitness for the military has to do with running, right? Mm-hmm. Like so. So
1: let me. I'll ask you, ask you a question if I'm allowed to on yeah, your
0: yeah. Yeah, you are, Kenny.
1: So. I remember you said the the hardest PT test you ever took. Do you remember what that was?
0: Probably inside were, the bubble, maybe?
1: No, you were in no. Scott. It was no. the walk test.
0: Oh, it was upstairs in the, uh, what they call it? The uh, inside gym. That was terrible. That was way worse than oh, the run.
1: How many laps was it around? I, a lot. 31. <laughs> I 31 know. laps. Yeah
0: yeah that was the the hardest thing the hardest yeah out of all the running mile and a half that wasn't hard it was doing the walk to walk that fast to pass the test even and all the rules like you had to have your feet on the ground it's all this bull you know all those extra things So, so yeah so when we're at hill together i had mentioned that the deployment schedule was tough um i left in january of 2009 for a deployment and was gone until that summer and i got back and uh right as i got back we had lost a pilot do you remember that time period were you there yet yeah you were yeah you're still there i didn't remember if you freaking out i know i called you freaking out and come to find (laughs) out your name was on was on the parachute um packing list i don't know what that form is called anymore do you remember that i remember uh, specific so the instance i'm talking about privacy kit maybe yeah was with george houghton who was a yep, yep. f-16 pilot when kenny and i were at hill air force base and tragically he lost his life in a training accident he got discombobulated thought the ground was up pulled up and went and nose dove into the ground and lost his life on impact
1: yep.
0: none of that was known when he crashed when he crashed, I was working at night with um, a couple other individuals, and uh, the squadron goes on lockdown w- when something like that happens. Has some, Have you ever lost a pilot prior to that, Kenny, in your career?
1: Uh, no. Um, I have never lost a pilot before him. We did have a uh, mid-air collision, but both pilots lived when okay. I was in a, lot, a training accident. Okay. Uh, both pilots ejected and they, and they picked him up.
0: So when that ejection happened, did they close down your workplace and
1: Um they did not because they were not uh Her. in my squadron. One was uh okay. I believe they were from Virginia and the other one was a F16 from Ileson. Yeah. Um but the Virginia guys were TDY in our and they were using our shop as kind of like their staging area. So he wasn't technically my pilot, but at the same time they kind of had to lock our stuff down and yeah. go through his locker and all that other stuff.
0: So I had just got back from that deployment to Iraq and I was just off of R&R and a brand like not very old in the Air Force terms. A couple had been in maybe two years and hit, this accident happened at night and immediately um, the squadron shut off. You know, the doors are locked. Nobody can get in. Nobody can leave. Um, security forces shows up our superintendent at the time and the commander show up the base commander the with the wing commander like every single important person on base is there within half an hour and that's when i'm like shit this is a huge deal and being that young i didn't really know what it all entailed right like i didn't know what anything meant i was like so he crashed so what's that mean well, they ask you to pull all of the equipment inspection records, which it's our job as aircrew flight equipment, to inspect the equipment and make sure it's good for these pilots' flight, right? So yeah. after after this crash, you pull all these records and you provide those to make sure that the equipment wasn't at fault for these accidents. So I printed off stacks of paper and I'm looking through these papers and I remember seeing your name on some of those things that Inspected, and I remember calling you like it was yesterday, and not even yeah. I just didn't know how to process it.
1: Yeah, you called me, and you're like, uh, I don't know what's going on. Uh, like they're here getting all of our records. I'm like, I, and I told you exactly what happened, and I was like, dude, somebody, somebody yeah. crashed. I was like, they're gonna get all the records and kind of walked you through the process, and then. At the end, you're like, uh, your name is all over the, his stuff, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, well, I remember.
0: yeah. Thank goodness we take our job seriously, right? Like,
1: yeah, uh, yeah. All this gear was good to go. Yeah, and it there wasn't no, that. No, it no was all of the equipment. It was just right, like, this, he, like yeah. you said, he was inverted, uh, and then he got confused while he was upside down. Uh, MV, it was an MVG flight. Right. And, uh, so the pr- on the canopy, he was looking at the canopy and pulled pulled the stick the wrong way.
0: And now, after that happens, there's an entire process after the fact that does an investigation
1: mm-hmm.
0: and all yep. sorts of different career fields that look into it to to find the fault, to try to fix it, to try to raise awareness if it's an issue. Um, it's a it's a large process, right? So we didn't find out what happened for months. I'd probably say.
1: As yeah, there's a while.
0: As to what happened, in that whole time, I don't know about you, but I was like. I was deathly scared that somehow I was at fault for some of that stuff. You know, some of those nights after that, that was real hard to get to bed, Kenny yeah and i know what i did yeah. i know what i didn't, I didn't get, get to, i didn't
1: get to sleep the first couple of nights no. either and you're like dude you're stuck your name's all over yeah. i'm like oh crap so now I, i'm laying tossing and turning did i do everything right did i do everything right so being
0: a little bit more seasoned i probably wouldn't have said it like <laughs> like i did back then i'm like oh man you're cra- you're screwed kenny or something now <laughs> yeah so okay. yeah yeah but and then like the after effects of of that instance that crash and his wife was pregnant with twins, and his I don't That's know right. if, I don't That's know right. if you, so I attended the the funeral, which was inside an air force hangar that was packed to the gills with people for this gentleman's ceremony, uh, George Houghton. And I think we had
1: just gotten back from uh, Green Flag too. We were down at probably, Barstow, I guess, Creek.
0: yeah. So yeah. we are in there, and they're telling the story of you know his life story, and then his brother got up, and his brother had just been in an accident in afghanistan in a helicopter accident he was special forces and he was in a wheelchair during the ceremony and then the person who gets up after him is george's younger youngest brother who is currently attending the air force academy in an attempt to fly f-16s and he's like my brother would have wanted nothing else that man it still gives me goosebumps you know and his whole family it was like these amazing people you know he died doing something he loved but what a sacrifice, right? Yeah, man, yeah. That one, uh, that one changed my entire, my entire thought process of how I did our job. It just it'll made,
1: change. It'll change a person's perspective. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, thinking you're at fault for someone else's life because you didn't take it seriously. It just wakes you up really fucking quick, right? Yeah, yeah. So I spoke about my deployment to Iraq. When I got back from Iraq, we hung out for a while, and then you got orders right away to Scott Air Force Base. So what? It, how is it that Kenny Leach goes places for a couple months, gets orders, and gets out? Well, is, that a got, thi- is that a thing, I had a Kenny? Lot
1: of the, I, had, I got that question a lot.
0: I bet. Because back oh. then, too, it was like people people were places for four or five, even longer sometimes. And then here's you. You're in california for two minutes you're in alaska for three years you come to utah you're there for like a year and some change yeah. And well
1: then- luckily uh coming back from uh alaska i did an extension on my orders and i was still a first-term airman so okay uh you know what they say about alaska right you know the the best view is the mountains in the rear view so, <laughs> okay <laughs> um uh so i ended up doing a bop uh, the wife still wanted to get closer to home. Um, we'd been west coast, uh, even a little bit further west coast, and yeah. then back to the west coast. So we wanted to, to move east a little bit. Um, so that so, played
0: the role uh, in you deciding to go to Scott Air Force Base?
1: Scott was number four. I put four bases on my BOP list, and Scott was number four. Okay. And, and, and for those of you that don't know what BOP, that's a base of preference.
0: And that's an attempt for you to tell the Air Force where you want to go, Right. Right. And then they use that to get you to sign longer, to stay in uh, longer.
1: Yes. Yeah. They use it as a retention tool as a first term airman, but right. more or less the same rules still apply. Right. So right. if I put four bases on there and there's no vacancies, then I'm not going to get it. They'll just deny my, my base of preference. Correct. And then I can resubmit. But correct, luckily there was a vacancy.
0: Correct. And we share that. I was trying to get out of Utah, closer to home to Iowa. And my choices were Scott Air Force Base, which, hey, now I know a guy who's at Scott Air Force Base, Kenny Leach. Mm -hmm. And I put in my base of preference. Well, my base of preference paperwork got lost, and I didn't hear anything for months and months and months and months and months. And then I told my commander that all this was happening, and he walked me to the MPF, found my paperwork, and within like three days, I was notified that I got orders to Scott Air Force Base. Do you remember when I called you? So back up a minute. When you were at Scott, I had got married to my wife, Christy, and she's from Iowa. And you and your wife and your two children at the time had attended my wedding. And what was your role in my wedding, Kenny Leach? I was
1: your best man. Hell
0: yeah, you were, dude. We have been, we got so close at your little time in Utah. I remember staying at your house and when Christy would come out to Utah. She stayed the night at your house because we couldn't have girls in the dorms or whatever. And uh, my family, you welcome my family to Christmases, Thanksgivings, my grandparents. (laughs) We shared so many moments in that short period of time, Kenny. I will call you my brother forever. And that is 100% of the reason why I'm like, well, if I know Kenny Leach is at Scott Air Force Base, that's a perfect place for me. And I got those orders, and I was elated to come to Scott. But the order said I was supposed to go to a po- to a different place than where you worked. You remember that piece?
1: Yeah, I remember.
0: Yeah, I was supposed to go to a different shop, and uh, you went to yeah. bat for me. You told told your boss, you know, this is somebody who we want we want to work with, and everything everything got ironed out, man. <laughs> Next thing you know, I'm going to Scott Air Force Base, and I am the number two. To my the best man in my wedding. It couldn't get any better, right, Kenny?
1: Yeah. We were we were short. I remember you called me up and you're like, hey, I want to put in a BOP. And I was like, all right. And then I went over my UMD. See, and, I and was,
0: that was past the point of me walking over with the commander. He's like, You find out if they need people and we'll get you there. And I'm like, yeah. Okay. Well, I'll call Kenny. He knows. You know, yeah,
1: he called me up, I checked my manning document, and I was like, look, I'm short i'm short two two of these positions and uh i was like right. just put it in drop it and we'll right. get you over here and
0: i and, signed that bop and the air force used that as an incentive for me to re because i signed a four-year contract got the bop that locked me in for four more years so yeah. i mean
1: then, unfortunately uh, then they signed you to the tfi unit luckily <laughs> i had administrative control over the the people that Heck went yeah. over there so it was a it was a quick and easy swap to yeah. get you where I needed to go.
0: Yeah, heck yeah, it was. And it pays sometimes to have some of those additional duties, right, for the young guys listening, if you can uh, help out, you know. And I would like to say I was an asset at Scott. I worked hard, at least, I guess. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
1: You were You were the first three letters of that word. <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah. you Definitely, definitely my number two for sure. But, I mean, it's it's all about, you know, People going to bat and going the extra yeah. mile. I mean, I could have sat there on, on my hands and just yeah. and and waited till you got there, and then tried it to might not have happened. Out point. Right? Yeah,
0: yeah, I might have been working away from you, and who knows where our relationship would have went. I mean, I'm sure we'd still be friends, but we were with not, each other probably not as close every single day. One yeah. of the things that sticks out to me that was something I I kind of regret, and I don't like to say I regret things, but was. When you and I decided that it was a good idea to go deer hunting on Thanksgiving, <laughs> the day of Thanksgiving, we didn't have any family in town at Scott and we thought it was a good idea to go deer hunting. And uh, thank goodness I shot a tree instead of a white-tailed deer because our wives would have killed us, right? Like if we came home thinking we we're going to process a deer all day on Thanksgiving, that wasn't what we should have been yeah. doing.
1: Allison would have strung you up right next to the deer. Yes, exactly. But but you downplay that like quite a bit. Like you, you shot a tree, like you downplayed that quite a bit.
0: I'm not going to put that out there again. I uh, had an opportunity at a deer and the tree got in the way, right?
1: Okay. So you say (laughs) I have video proof.
0: Right. And it may still be on YouTube. So it is. Yeah. Yeah. So Scott Air Force Base, uh, that was a that was kind of a tough time period for me. Um, I was trying to establish myself as a leader, you know, growing into becoming an NCO, and uh, we were busy there. Uh, our deployment schedule for our shop, I would say, was pretty high. It was you were gone home, gone home, gone home, for me and you at least in that shop. Yeah. So during that time period, you know, when you were gone, I was in charge. When I was gone, I'm sure that you were in charge. And uh, that was hard for me, you know, becoming a leader for the first time. And uh, the person who I was in charge of, me and him are very different people. So me learning how to navigate those waters, that was tough. And then being gone all the time, you know. I grew up with a dad who wasn't around very much. And that's not really someone that I ever thought I'd be. And then we're leaving all the time, right, Kenny?
1: Yeah, it's it's tough. I I mean, I kind of you know can relate a little bit to her, to what you said about you know dad not being around. You know, my mom and dad split. I was probably like fifteen, and then he was pretty much out of the picture, and I was always very resentful. Yeah, a lot. So again, same situation. I got three kids now. Um, yeah. When I once I got to uh, Illinois, my my third or my second son, my third child was born. Um, but yeah, gone on the road. Uh, seemed like it was four months on and eight months off. I mean, yeah, that's, that's the way if it was. If you're
0: lucky, right? If that time yeah. didn't get shortened up, right? Yeah, and what we what we don't think about when we say that is those four months on. Then you get back and you have two months of R and R, which you don't return to work typically. Two weeks or two weeks. Sorry, excuse me, not two months. Two I weeks quit. of two weeks in R and R, but the type of people that me and me and you are, we're doing work stuff during those two weeks back, right? Like the
1: phone still rings. Yeah, it
0: doesn't stop, right? Because
1: you're gone now, so who else knows? Right. You know what the heck they're doing,
0: right? So you get back and you're back instantly in the rat race, and I, I don't know about you personally, but my time there, I never felt like I decompressed. I never felt like I took time to to see yeah. the big picture. I was just so focused on going forward, or I was gonna fall, man.
1: I I agree. It took me it took me probably three or four years, right, to figure that part out. Yeah, and then once I finally figured it out, it was almost too late because living on base, you know, you got planes flying all the time and you got all the time retreat and Reveille. You never really feel like you're off work.
0: Right. You never get a second to really take that uniform off.
1: Right. So, you know, at four years and me and my wife are trying to look for a house, but at the same time, you know, you're hot for orders because you, you need, you want that decompression. You want that time away. Right. So, but you don't want to buy a house and then six months later, you know, get hot for orders. And then, yeah, and then now you have to try to sell the house right
0: you've put yourself in a financial predicament because you don't even know if you can sell the house yeah so
1: your future is always up in the air and you know i ended up staying there for close to seven years right we probably could have moved off at four but again you you never know know what, what your future holds
0: yeah you didn't know and that's part of the uncertainty we have had millions of conversations about that and the roles that spouses play and how important they are in the military Like my wife, she's a medical professional, and her career wouldn't have been able to progress if we were moving every three, four years. And I know that in your wife's case, she's made the comments before, like, it would cost us so much to do childcare. Why not keep our kids at home? And that's a decision you guys have made. But to progress your career as a military spouse and move all the time, it's hard, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. She's the one that keeps me grounded. She's the one that keeps the house moving. Like, heck yeah! I just go to work. I make I make the money, pay the bills. <laughs> well, she pay actually. She's the financial. <laughs> Hell yeah. She pays the bills. Yeah,
0: like, you I'm just the money. money. <laughs> yeah, I like that. But uh,
1: no, seriously, like they're the ones that keep the household going. When you're on the road, they get the kids yeah. to school. They get them to their doctor. Life doesn't
0: stop here, right, Kenny? Life right. never stops in the U.S. running. Meanwhile, no. we're somewhere completely different. Thinking about that's, something completely yeah, different. Yeah. and that's uh, Yeah. I don't know. And I felt when I was in the military, um, I never acknowledged the hardships. I just, I didn't have any empathy towards myself even. Like, if something needed done, done I was the dude who was doing it. No questions asked. I wasn't worried about yeah. how it was affecting me, how it was affecting my kids, how it was affecting my family. The mission hey, was... I
1: get I'd get dinged on that for that same exact philosophy every time I would go in after my EPR or whatever. Right. You know, and I'm a staff now at the end, when I left Illinois, I was a tech, um, you know, and that was always part of my feedback at the end was like, look, you need to let them do the work. And my philosophy growing up and what was taught from my grandfather and my father and my mom and everything was like if you want something done, do it right yourself, it. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. So that's you there's a you gotta switch off that mindset when you become a leader yeah. and but
0: figure out how to make your people work for at you. At the same right?
1: time at the same time, like we said before, like we're protecting air crew and there's lives sometimes in our hands and Yeah. When the job needs done you, you get up and do it, yeah. you know? And there's another philosophy that I hold dear to my heart is I'm not going to ask somebody to do something I'm not willing to do first. Hell yeah. So how do you, how do you separate the two? Right. You know what I it's mean? It's a
0: balancing act, right? And right. Especially for somebody like you, you're, you've got how long left till you get to retire active duty military, Kenny?
1: 23 months.
0: <laughs> you're not counting down or anything, right? <laughs>
1: uh, nope. It's actually, it's actually 23 months today.
0: Congratulations. A little bit less than two years. Right. And you've put in, that will be 20 years. Exactly. Yep. Hell yeah. So I want to kind of dive into some of that stress of being gone, being home, being gone. What it did to me was it was, it was hard to transition being back at home. Like my home life, things got tough. I had a lot of anxiety and stress that I was dealing with. And then our work situation, we had a supervisor who wasn't wasn't the best supervisor I've ever had, and there were some things going on at work. But that was a hard time for me personally, and things got pretty tough when I made the decision to get out of the military. Do you remember when I was tossing what I was going to do?
1: Yeah. I remember. I remember you sitting down at the computer and saying, I'm filling this w- paperwork out to get out. And, I'm, and I was like, no, you're not. <laughs> I
0: you remember said, you yes, saying, no, you're not. But you, you always had my best interest. Yes. You just. You
1: and Christy and yeah. at the time, Anna. like Yeah.
0: At the I time, knew. only Anna and Kate. That needs to be said, too. I yeah. had a young family. It was only us four, right? hmm yeah yeah i and,
1: wasn't sure if you had kate yet or not when you decided to push the button i know it was right at the end
0: yeah just yep just had had my second uh born daughter and that was a tough decision for me like i had spent um seven years and some change in the military made my ranks the first time and was doing well like per the standard or per what your judge done for the military i was doing very well and i thought yeah. I thought I was going to make a career out of it and maybe someday achieve the highest enlisted military rank. Like those were my goals.
1: You were well on your way. I mean, you were turning and burning, man. <laughs>
0: well, I, and appreciate
1: that, I, I I, mean it like, I think, I don't know. It, it, you know, like you'd said, we, we became really close so it close. was almost like, you know, we were fan. we were definitely family. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. we were, you were looking after my family all the time your wife was watching my family. kids yes Yep. You know? and that it, it like it crushed me when you said you were leaving and uh, you know i get like, it it was a little bit selfish because like i didn't want to break up you know the family kind of like the family Yeah. And, dude. but like you said it was it was the what was best for you because you're your mental health and, yeah. and her career yeah. and the kids and everything else. Like it was time yeah. for you for a change for sure. So now you, you used to wear holes in your freaking shirt because you were so stressed out. I
0: was so stressed out. I'd have out. to smack yeah. your
1: hand to stop doing it.
0: So I haven't done that in years. And I took a military uniform out of a bag and it had a hole right there in that pocket, Kenny and Christie's like, Oh, I forgot you used to do that. And I was like, yeah. So, at this point in my life, Ken, I can say when I lay my head down at night, I fall asleep. And when me and you are talking, you know how stressed I was. I yeah. was going to see psychiatrists every single week. I was on a plethora of anxiety medications and antidepressant medicine, and I could not hold things together. I was losing it. I had stuff. From my childhood that needed addressed, I had dad issues that needed addressed, the deployments were hard on me, reintegration was tough back with my family, and I was a mess, and I thought the answer was was whatever pill I could get or, you know, the easy things those are not the answers come to find out right you were a
1: freaking straight zombie when you would come into work i remember kicking you out a couple times because your medications had you still messed up i told you to go home
0: right and to no no one's fault i was in the point i had gotten back from a deployment and they had adjusted my medication because my anxiety was through the roof and it made me like lethargic and i can't speak how i looked on the outside like but i remember just being in a fog dude and just being feeling like a zombie right
1: yeah yeah it was bad there for a while
0: yeah and i don't i don't know what finally turned the page i'm thankful that like you were so supportive of me getting help every time i was like dude i got to step out for an hour i got an appointment it was never anything it was always all right dude so yeah. thank you kenny because there's not a lot of people who are bosses who tr- at that point in time treated mental health in such high regard. So thank you for that. But it got a lot darker than that, right, Kenny? Yeah. So you deployed, and I make the decision to get out of the military. And I kind of feel like my world is spinning out of control down the drain as fast as it can go, and I can do nothing about it, is how I felt. I didn't. Know if the decision of getting out of the military was mine, or if I was making it to appease my spouse, or if I was doing it on a whim, or if it was the best thing even for me, because I loved it, Kenny. Putting that uniform on, dude, there was is nothing else that made I felt like a superhero, man, every day.
1: I know you used to give me crap all the time because my <laughs> my sleeves weren't pressed hard enough.
0: I just that stuff. I got a lot, just like you, man, I got a long line of military veterans in my family. And I just remember as a kid looking up to those guys in those pictures on my great grandma's wall and being like, those dudes, they're it in wonderment. You know, like those are the heroes. Like I didn't gr- Michael Jordan was good, but I didn't grow up with like the sports heroes. It was my cousin, Brett, and my cousin, Kelly, who was a Marine and my cousin, Brett, who was in the army, you know. Like those are the dudes who I need to be like, so it was always like that for me. So when I made that decision that like this isn't Nate anymore, I never I never made a distinguishment between Nate and staff Sergeant or Airman or whatever Allison, and i yeah. got I got wrapped up in that Kenny, and when you left, I just felt like I had nobody, you know, but that wasn't the case at all. When you left then I had decided to get out. Part of the process of getting out is moving. And I moved my wife and my uh, two small girls at the time home because we had childcare and my wife had to find a job and we had to find living arrangement. So I was by myself in this empty house at Scott Air Force Base. And Kenny, you lived in the next cul-de-sac, so I was living with you. (laughs) Do you remember that time period where you, did you ever see my room that I set up in your house?
1: I don't know if I set it up but yeah I mean I remember when you going through that whole process and I was like, dude just get out of the house yeah and then move in move into my house I'm not there you know yeah give yourself somebody to hang out with talk to whenever you're having issues or whatever need needing talking to right yeah so Oh yeah. But yeah, I remember um, we had the the spare room back there because the boys the didn't want to
0: they wouldn't they, they wouldn't want sleep in separate rooms. rooms. <laughs> yep. Yeah. They wouldn't
1: so sleep in separate rooms.
0: I set up an air mattress and basically lived in your house while you're deployed and helped take care of your kids, dude.
1: Yeah.
0: And who who kept
1: you company when you were playing PlayStation? Yeah, and stuff? the
0: boys. Yeah. Exactly. The boys would
1: be right there by your side. Right the whole By time.
0: me laying on that air mattress, dude, and it filled me up. And I needed that. Because prior to that When my house was empty, when I was feeling so low and like I was making the worst decision of my life, I sat in the upstairs empty bedroom and I held a gun and I thought to myself that my wife and my kids would be better off without me. And it was the scariest, darkest time of my life. And without you, Kenny, and without Allison and your family, I don't know if I could have made it through, so thank you.
1: Dude, you don't have to thank me. That's what family does, you know. Yeah, dude. We look out for each other. I do know. So,
0: so that was the darkest time of my life and and thankfully that still remains pretty dark. And no one knew about that except your wife for months and months yeah. and months. And I I
1: don't even know if I knew that until just now to be honest with you cuz she never told me. Yeah. She I, probably she wouldn't have told me that because I'd have come home and kicked your ass.
0: I know. <laughs> so after that happened, she actually gave me a note with some pretty special words on it, and I'm not going to share it, but I still keep it in my wallet. And, really? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's It means a lot to me because we went through it together, and she was always there, like, and checking in on me and making sure, you know, like, are you doing okay? And I just know, like, You need those types of people in your life. And I'm thankful that I had you guys during that time because it does get dark. And the statistics show for military veterans, the statistics are high with people that are taking their lives. And the darkness always lifts, right? Things always get better. Look, I'll be the case study. At that point in time, it was me, my wife, and my two girls. I would have never had my son or my wife. or I'm the happiest I've ever been. You know, that stuff never happens if that day goes I think
1: when you get stuck in a rut, you're only looking at the present. You're not never looking at the future.
0: That's exactly how it was. And I was, I had went cold turkey off all those medications. I was on so many different things. And I thought if I get out, I don't have health care to pay for those medications. I didn't know what was available. So I'm like, I got to get off this stuff, which come to find out. Don't quit your medicine, cold turkey. Work with your doctor and develop a plan. That stuff affects your brain and the chemistry inside your brain. I didn't know any of that, you know. I was supplementing it with tons of alcohol. I binge drank all the time. That's not good for you. My diet was trash. All those things I've learned to take better care of myself, and it's paid off. So I would encourage people to try to do the same, right? But hell yeah. I'm thankful for that for living with Kenny Leach and in the Leach family because it saved my life, really, dude. Yeah, well,
1: I'm. I can't take credit for it because, like you said, I wasn't there. Yeah, but you were deployed, we, and that was we, part of. We were, we were always tight yeah. from day one, yeah. you know, and brothers are brothers. Hell yeah! It doesn't matter if you're blood or not. Hell yeah! yeah. Take care of each other.
0: Hell yeah! And those, those things still echo true, you know? I've transitioned out of the military, but me and you, our friendship remains over the years, and that's awesome to see. That yeah. wedding, the wedding was 2010 that you came to Iowa, Kenny, and I hope this year again you can make it out in January, have a little reunion tour.
1: It's crazy, it's that long ago already. I know, dude. I can still remember walking through the McDonald's parking lot in my sock.
0: <laughs> Let's not share that story, Kenny. <laughs> <laughs> in your service dress uniform getting a cheeseburger. Yeah, let's keep yeah. that one quiet.
1: Hey, so, you just brought it up.
0: Hell yeah. So, um on from that tough time, you know, the light shined, I got out of the military and what happened in your life? You got, you left Scott. You got orders. You're trying I did. to go closer to the east, trying trying to go closer back home.
1: It was scary. I mean, honestly, I come back from lunch, you know, pop open my email, and it says you've been selected for an assignment. Go to go here and, and find out where you're going. And I'm like, crap,
0: nervous, huh? And it,
1: oh yeah, straight why anxiety. were you
0: nervous during that time period? What were the options? The possible uh,
1: there weren't. I didn't do a BOP or nothing, so I could have went anywhere, anywhere in the world. Correct.
0: Right? You could have you could have been to a place without your family too. Correct. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So and, there's uh, options in the military for the rank that you were to go to Korea for a year without your wife and kids, right? Yeah.
1: Yep. Yeah, and and at the same time, you know, you're you're going through anxiety stuff, and so am I. I'm going through anxiety and PTSD stuff from my tour in Iraq. But uh, yeah, I was so freaked out because I was pretty comfortable where I was. I was pretty close to home, even though it was a 13 hour drive. Yeah, um, I couldn't even open it. I, I had I had my number two, my new number two. <laughs> I was like, dude, log in. And if it's somewhere crappy, don't tell me. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, dang, Kenny! For real. And he,
1: and he opens it up. Yeah, he opens it up. Uh, he's like, "Hey, you are going to Andrews," and I am like, "Are you kidding me?" And and I was like, "Then I got super excited." So
0: Andrews is where?
1: It's right outside of DC in Washington,
0: D.C. in Maryland. Yeah. Okay, and you are no, from Pennsylvania, so that is that the best case scenario of where you could be?
1: Uh, I, I yes. Um, it's it's uh, about a four and a half hour drive from here uh Maguire's a little closer but um we don't deploy quite as frequently here as mcguire so then i didn't have to worry about going on the road so i would take here and drive the extra hour right. over that all day long
0: right yeah so all those things play play into fact right deployments yeah. the amount of time you're gonna going to be gone where you're going where the mission takes you right like all Work that hours, stuff all that yeah stuff. all that stuff matters so you got what you wanted right
1: Yeah, finally got here.
0: Hell yeah. You've moved your way all across. And and
1: honestly, so I, it's such a cool opportunity, right? Because I was actually born here. So to be born here when my dad was in the military and hopefully in 22 months, retire from here, that would be quite a story. That
0: would be quite the story. Yeah. I didn't know that that was, uh, where you were born. I knew that your dad was military and
1: hospital still called the same thing. It was when I was born. Wow.
0: That's what's on your birth certificate. Get out of town. That is awesome, Kenny. That's sweet. That's sweet. So 22 months until you punch the day. What what has your time at Andrews looked like? And what do you do?
1: Uh, It's been pretty good. I mean, it's DV airlift here. uh, So what does that that
0: mean? DV airlift. Distinguished Distinguished visitors.
1: So we deal with uh, all the bigwigs, um, cabinet members, VP, everybody if it flies on the blue and white plane okay whenever you see it land somewhere you know yeah. my squadron or the flying squadrons usually haven't they'll have a hand in it so
0: cool and you made master sergeant you made it into the ranks of senior nco Yep. congratulations i've congratulated you before but now on thank Anna, you congratulations dude that is a huge accomplishment inside the enlisted world to make it to the ranks of senior
1: i I hit my goal that's e7 was what i was shooting for when i came in you have been
0: saying that since the day i met you if i can make it to master sergeant and retire i'd be happy
1: i I had a hidden agenda behind it you know my dad he he it looked like he was gonna retire as e6 so i wanted to one up (laughs) him and then like right before he retired he he put it on and so now we're we're the same
0: hell yeah which is kind of cool right two master sergeant leeches that get out You've, yeah. you've followed that footsteps. Do you ever, uh, impart that stuff on your two boys or McKenna or your daughter? Do you ever? Honestly? Inc- no,
1: no. I, I tell them not to.
0: Yeah. 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 Some I of mean, those,
1: if, if that's the path that they want to take, you know, I'm, I'll fully support it, but I think they being, you know, my dad was only in for like four years or six years when he got out yeah. and then he ended up re- retiring guard. Yeah um so i didn't really know what the military yeah i didn't know what the military life was all about right and uh, the kids my three kids they all see what it's all about you know long hours away
0: yeah
1: missing baseball games missing holidays deployments all that kind of stuff so i don't know if they'll follow my path or not and like i said if they do i'll support it but i tell them all the time i'm like look you need to the way the world is now You know, I I tell them all the time, like, go to school, find a job that's always going to be there, i.e., you know, nursing, radiology, something in the nursing field or in law enforcement or something like that. Or uh, forensics um, or do a trade because they're always going to need an electrician. They're always going to need HVAC. They're always going to need plumbing. And they make
0: stupid money. (laughs) I know. Nowadays, they're even more. No. I'm
1: paying ninety five dollars an hour right now <laughs> just to have the engine on my lawnmower freaking yeah. fixed. I mean, come yeah. on, yeah. like, For real. so I, I tell them. That's what I tell them. I'm like, just because the military, you know, the military, like, you start out at the bottom of the totem pole. Yeah. Even me, twenty three. Yeah, more. I know more probably than because I went to a little bit of college. I, I you know, i worked out. In the civilian sector before I joined, yeah. and you come in and you're more mature, and you got this 18 or 19 year old
0: <laughs> knucklehead, <like> me. <laughs> trying to tell you
1: what to do, and you're like, you're an idiot. Yeah, but you then you get swacked for it, yep. and you get paid nothing yeah. as a E one or E2, or you know, you, you're bringing home like 700 bucks a month. I mean, how yeah. do you live off that when gas is 350 a freaking gallon? <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. I share the same kind of sentiment. Like if my kids, if it's something they want to do, I'll support them. But, uh, you definitely don't have to, it's whatever. Right. Right. Heck yeah. So 22 more months and then you're going to punch the ticket. What does retirement look like for you? Have you decided yet? Oh,
1: well, I got nine more classes left for my bachelor's. Uh, hopefully I can get into the Fish and wildlife management uh,
0: career field. Heck yeah!
1: I, I already told you what my hobbies were in the beginning, yeah. so that should fit exactly.
0: Um, it fits perfectly, Kenny. Nate
1: still Nate still <laughs> playing the lottery here. So he said <laughs> when he wins the lottery, he was going to buy a big, huge chunk of land that's and let true. me be his deer deer management
0: person. That's still true, Kenny. <laughs> so
1: th- that's my that's what retirement looks like. Good. Nate Nate wins the lottery and I work for Nate.
0: Perfect. Heck yeah! I like your uh, aspirations there, Kenny. Well, I appreciate you taking the time. I know you're a busy dude, and you have some inspections and some important people coming, so I don't want to waste any more of your time. But I appreciate you coming on, to Kenny, helping me share a little bit of my story. You were right there with me, and without you, I know, I wouldn't have made it through like I did, and your family and the support your wife gave me. And yeah, I, lo- well, I love you, dude. I love you. I love Allison. I love the kids.
1: I know I wouldn't be. I know... I'll- there's many times, you know, I call you for the anxiety things, you know, it's just as much. And, and you've helped me through a lot of that too. Dropping me off at the airport, you know, yeah. and I'm freaking out and I'm calling yeah. you and you're not even off the airport property yet. Yeah. I'm like, come back and pick me up. I don't want to, you know, I know, dude. or sitting down at Fort a and memories. freaking out. So yeah, trust me, you're the one that got me into going to mental health. And even, even when I'm not going, and I have my mental breakdowns. You're you're on my speed dial, so
0: I appreciate that, Kenny. That means a lot to me because if I can help one person, dude, especially if I can help the best man, I am down for that.
1: Yeah, and yeah.
0: Let that be uh, let that be a beacon for all those military, non-military vets out there who are struggling with mental health and they're having a hard time, and they have those thoughts that there's no way out or that it's so terrible that this is the only way it is not there's so much help out there be willing to ask and be willing to receive it you have you got to have
1: a support system for sure
0: and i'm always willing i've always got a listening ear for a brother so without further ado this episode's portion of the firing range has been brought to you by beninga concrete alex beninga at Beninga Concrete specializes in driveways, sidewalks, patios, walls, flat work, and much more. I personally can attest to Alex's hard work and determination as we've shared the same gym for years now. Check Beninga Concrete out on Facebook today or give Alex a call at 319-243-8524 and let him know that Nate sent you. That same gym, Fit Cedar Falls, has pledged two free four-month passes in addition to two free four-month passes I'll be giving to lucky veterans on November twenty-second, two 2021. See the World with Nate Facebook or Fit Cedar Falls Facebook pages for details and to easily tag a veteran in the free drawing. The month of November, Fit will also offer a special for military and veterans Of $99 for a four-month pass and attempt to encourage the military members to fight the demons they face with physical fitness. Hoorah. Special thanks to Heidi at FIT for always helping me accomplish my missions. Without anything else, Ken, are you ready for the firing range?
1: Whatever that is. All All right. right. Make it fast.
0: So it's 10 this or that questions, and you got to pick one or the other, and you can't explain why. Are you ready? uh sure retired or a second career retired you gotta hustle it up kenny gun hunt or archery gun Are hawkeyes or nittany lions
1: that's a stupid question you know the answer to that nittany lions
0: bomber or fighter fighter overseas or stateside stateside combat operations or humanitarian humanitarian fly or drive drive hill air force base or scott air force base hunting or slow pitch softball hunting 120 day deployment with 24 hour 24 7 hour ops 180 day deployment with days off, or a 365 day with 40 hour work weeks 120 still taking the short huh hell Yeah. yeah kenny dude i got nothing but amazing things to say about the type of man you are Thank you for everything you've done my entire life. Your mentorship is something that is unrivaled. You have been there for me every second with everything I've always had for you. I count on you, dude. You're my best man yeah. still today, thank, Kenny. Thank you, I appreciate you. it. Thank you, dude. Take care yep. of yourself. And for yep. all yep. those yep. veterans yep. out there fighting the fight, know that you're not alone. Thank you. If you have an incredible story you'd like to tell, and I've yet to reach out to you, please contact me directly at theworldwithnatepodcast at gmail.com. This project was made with love by Pixel Labs.